0: Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins, and I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham, Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41 and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest.
1: All right, folks, I'm excited to bring in this special guest. He played for the Bearcats from 2001 to 2005. He was once called the Human Victory Cigar, and I personally think he's the greatest Bearcat walk-on of all time. I'd like to welcome in number three, my guy, John Meeker. Meek, what's up, bud?
2: Uh, what's up, Meech? Thanks for having me, man.
1: No problem, man. Um, How's the family doing with all the craziness that's going on?
2: Everybody's good. Thanks for asking. We got uh, Jack, Reese, and Sam, 9, 7, and 5. And uh, my wife, Marta, obviously, she's at the house. She stays home. She's a former teacher, so she's kind of able to pick up the schooling part of things. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, try and make lemonade out of lemons. We've uh, kind of taken this opportunity to try to enjoy the family time and be able to do some things that we aren't normally able to do when we're in the mad dash of life, right?
1: Yeah, crazy times, man. And So so um, you and Marta, your wife, Marta, how long have you all known each other?
2: So we actually met my senior year of high school. We went to really rival high schools back in the Dayton area. Um, I went to Troy. She went to Vandalia. Butler and it's actually kind of a funny story a lot of people wonder how we met and how long we've been together so we we've been together since 2000 and um, Troy and Vandalia Butler were right up there tied for the conference my senior year and we had the night off Troy did and Vandalia was playing Northmont so Alex Carmona, who I'll probably tell you a little bit more about later, he uh, he and I went to go watch Northmont play Vandalia Butler, and as soon as we walked in the gym, everybody in the student section, it was almost like they didn't even know what game was going on. They spent the whole full quarters just yelling at me and Carmona the whole time. So with a couple <laughs> minutes left, we decided to get out and didn't want any trouble. So we're leaving the gym, and uh, we get in the car. We're getting ready to hop on the highway to head back to Troy, and if you've been up that way to get on the highway there's a mcdonald's literally right on the the exit ramp so being in high school on a wednesday thursday night whatever it was we decided we just wanted to kill a little more time so we popped into that mcdonald's and uh sure enough unbeknownst to us the senior or the student sections tradition after every home game at vandalia was to go to mcdonald's
3: uh-huh. so, so we're sitting <laughs>
2: there eating our burgers just mind our own business and income come the things People that were yelling us for four quarters. And, um, <laughs> so, again, we tried to get out and uh, didn't want any trouble. So I get in my car. We start backing out, and these three girls start walking out of McDonald's. And Carmona says, Meeker, go say something to those girls. And I was always terrible talking to girls. Like I just tensed up. I didn't know what to say. So it's like, no, man, I'm not doing that. Um, long story short, I started backing up towards them, went forward, went backwards, went forward. And finally mustered up the courage to say something. I I backed up, and the only thing I could think of was, can you all help me find the highway? And literally, you could throw a rock to the highway from that McDonald's. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I heard Carmona go, oh, you idiot. And uh, all the girls start giggling, and his sweet Marta answers really seriously. She says, oh, if you just take a right, you won't miss it. It's right ahead. And we all started laughing and, uh, you know. Next thing you know, to show how bad I was with girls, we, we we chatted for like a minute, and then I said, "Can I get your uh, your?" Uh, she said, "Phone number," and I was like, "No, your screen name," because Instant Messenger just came out. So I got oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah and, <laughs> yeah yeah. we started. We spent the first shoot month just going back and forth on Instant Messenger, and here we are, 20 years later. Wow. That's pretty good. So now, that was probably more you, of a longer story than you wanted to hear on that question, but uh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's pretty no. funny because when I tell people I met my wife at McDonald's, it always surprises them. No, and we're we're gonna tie Marta kind of back into this here in a
1: second. But uh, now you played um, football as well as basketball.
2: Yeah. So I didn't play football till my junior year. Um, my freshman year, I played, and sophomore year I played tennis because my brother. That was his sport. He was two years older than I was, and um, he, he's to this day my best friend. And we, you know, wanted to be able to hang out. So my freshman, sophomore year, I played tennis and basketball. And then when he graduated, um, I still had my junior, senior year left. And some of my friends played basketball, but a lot of my closer friends were football players. Uh-huh. And so I literally just went out to play football to be with my buddies, and um, ended up loving it. And quite honestly, uh, I, in high school, probably would have said football was my first love and was surprisingly better at it than I thought I would be because of my size and was actually considering playing football in college for UD and a couple other smaller places. But um, when I got the opportunity to be a preferred walk-on at UC, I, I couldn't pass that up.
1: Yeah, and, and playing playing high school basketball for Troy, um, you're a pretty good high school player. What, about 18 points a game, something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, um, you know, when you go to a small school like Troy, a public school where you kind of dealt with the cards you're given, um, I was blessed to be going through a time when there was a lot of really good athletes going through Troy. We had, you know, Mr. Basketball my freshman sophomore year, Brooks Hall. To the mm-hmm. University of Dayton. Yep. Um, so my freshman, and sophomore year, Hugs and Calipari and Chubby Smith and you name it, Patino, they were all in the gyms watching Brooks and recruiting Brooks. And then Brooks leaves. And um, fortunately for me, we got a foreign exchange student come in who was a six foot six first team All Ohio stud from Puerto Rico named Alejandro Carmona. Um, we call him Alex Carmona, but um, my junior-senior year, all those coaches are coming back to recruit Alex. Um, so I got a lot of good exposure to these l- bigger coaches. And while I was getting recruited at some of the smaller, mid-major schools, um, my size, only weighing about 135, 140 pounds in high school, <laughs> I think scared a lot of them away. Mm-hmm. Um, But... You know, they all saw the potential there, and Huggins was one of a couple that uh, said, "Hey, we're willing to take a shot. We don't want to waste a scholarship on you." But you know, I'm I'm not an idiot. I think they also thought maybe if I come, they would get Carmona to come as well.
3: Uh-huh. But
2: um, you know, my my high school stats. Yeah, I was a solid high school player. Um, my stats, I think 18, 19 points, something like that, um, isn't jumping off the page. But then again, when you got a guy like Carmona and Brooks Hall, who averaged thirty something a game. There's only so many shots to, to, yeah. to go around, you know.
1: Yep. So, so how did you make the final decision that you know UC was the place for you, and um, that's where you wanted to go walk on at?
2: You know, Mick was the lead recruiting back recruiter back in the day, mm-hmm. and um, I really liked Mick. He was always really good to me and my family, and. I knew, even back then, there was no future for the NBA for me, right? And I thought, (laughs) you know what? I could always go play one year at UC and then be able to go play at all these other places that were talking to me. Mm
3: -hmm. But I
2: could probably never go to one of those other places and then make a jump to UC. So when uh, Hugs gave me the opportunity to to walk on, I, I just couldn't pass it down because all the It was right after the the years you were there, really, with Kenyon and Dermar and Stokes and all those guys, and UC basketball was something that, even though I didn't grow up a big Bearcats fan,
3: uh-huh.
2: um, particularly until the Kenyon era, um, you, there was just something about UC, and, and I wanted to be a part of that. And I wanted to um, take the opportunity and at least give it a shot for a year, and then I realized, you know what, this is a once-in-a-lifetime life op- opportunity, and I decided to stay all four.
1: Little did you know. Little yeah. Little did you know. <laughs> um, and as you
2: know, I mean, once, you get, once you get roped into the program, um, you put so much blood, sweat, and tears into, it, it really does become your little fraternity in college. Yeah. And um, like I said, I knew I wasn't going to be going pro, but at the same time, to be able to sit on the bench and – Watch guys like Chris Paul at Wake Forest go up against Marquette with Dwayne Wade and, you know, sit there and practice every day with a first-team All-American like Steve Logan. I mean, those are things that not many people get the opportunity to to do. And um, so I always try to just be grateful for for the opportunity I had.
1: Yeah, and I I think, you know, what I tell people being a walk-on, and especially your first year, you, you don't know what to expect. Um, and especially with Bob Huggins and playing for, you know, someone that's so demanding and with the, those high level type of athletes, you just don't know what to expect. But I think your I mean your one of your first I guess kind of taste of, of U C basketball and the fans was, was midnight madness your first year, right? Yeah, yep. How, how was that?
2: Man, that was uh definitely my first big splash into uh, big-time college basketball and and to see how devoted and how passionate the Cincinnati fan base was. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, go out there, have half the stadium full and just get some shots up and watch these other guys do their little dunks and stuff. And, you know, we walked out there. That place was sold out all the way
3: up to the very top.
2: <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, but that was actually – I think where some of the fans started to uh, know who I was only because up to that point nobody had had any clue about John Meeker from Troy, Ohio being a little freshman walking on, and uh it was hilarious because they had the dunk contest and
3: back you know,
2: seal and all those guys are in it, and I thought you know what. I'm just going to try and shock these guys and and make them think this little six foot white boy is going to come out and dunk over one of the taller players on the team. So I grabbed Jimmy Hubbard who was a (laughs) transfer at the time. And he was probably six, six. I walked him out there. I kind of positioned him under the basket. I had the fans trying to make it look like I was going to try and jump over him. And you can almost hear it in the crowd. They're all kind of, Wondering what the heck this is this doing?
3: Can that little white
2: boy really jump like that? And uh, so Jim and I had practiced this a few times. I I dribble up and I I go I jump like I normally would, and he would grab my hips and give me just a little nudge, and mm-hmm. it would throw me up to be able to you know get over him and dunk it. Well, the adrenaline of thirteen thousand people in there must have really gotten into Jimmy because when he grabbed my hips and threw me up, normally my head would be near the rim when we would do this in practice. Mm-hmm. When he threw me up there, I swear my hips were by the rim, and I
3: thought, <laughs> I, I, I,
2: the, yeah, I thought I was going to literally thought he was going to throw me over the backboard. And uh, but it worked out perfect. I got up, you know, high, and uh, was able to throw it down. Two hands, and the place kind of went nuts. And um, I think that that kind of summed up. I think it tried to open them up to my personality of, you know, I'm here to work hard and have fun. But at the end of the day, I, I understand my position and on the team and I wanted to you know, make sure that everybody was smiling, having a good time.
1: And and speaking of that, you know, kind of knowing your role, playing your position, but I think that for a lot of walk ons you go into a particular situation and um you you don't know what to expect. And some in some cases walk ons go in and say, you know what, I'm eventually gonna play a lot. I'm gonna get a lot of minutes here. Did you ever think that?
2: You know I that was always my goal. I, I'm a quiet, competitive guy when it comes to, you know, I'm not a loud, in-your-face, cocky kind of guy, but if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it with 110%. And I truly believed if I had put on some weight, and and Hugs has even made comments at some places, that if I had 10 or 15 more pounds, I think I could have played more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think from a ball-handling speed quickness, um, shooting perspective. I was there. It's just when you're only 160
3: pounds, (laughs) you
2: know what it's like trying to go box out a six foot five, 200 pound guy. Right. And, um, so yeah, my, my whole goal wasn't just to sit on the bench and be there. I wanted to be a contributor, whether it be in practice or in the game. And I, uh, I truly felt like, you know, the ability was there. It was just a matter of trying to put on the weight in the weight room to be able to give Huggins the confidence to do it and unfortunately you know I was never able to put on that additional weight but you know like I said I I just kind of took on that role of giving it everything I got in practice and I think one of the biggest compliments I ever got I don't think it was even meant to be a compliment but Steve Logan got all ticked off at me one practice because I mean I was just Going 110 miles an hour and doing everything I had, and you know I, I could just tell I was driving him nuts. And I forget exactly what it said, but it, what he said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, "Chill out, dude."
3: <laughs> yep.
2: And yep. Uh, you know, to know me exactly. that that makes him better. Huggins, I'm sure he said the same to you. Mm-hmm. He'd always say, "I want you guys to be all up in him. There's no fouls in practice, nope. and I want it to be. So, I want you to be so much in him that when the game time comes." He's going to feel like he's got all the space in the world. and So, uh, you know, that's what we tried to do.
1: And I remember one interview, uh, and this was a little bit later in your college career, but uh, you, you, they did, like, a an interview with you on Channel 19. And it was funny because they were asking you about, you know, your weight, how you came in at, you know, however many pounds you came in weighing and then, you know, Whatever year it was, you were 155, and you were like, "Man, I just can't gain weight. I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah. before I go to bed. I'm doing push-ups. It was yeah. so, it was so funny.
2: Oh yeah, that was the G-rated version too, because it was on Fox 19. But I, uh, yeah, my my uncle down in Georgia was like, "Man, drink a Budweiser every night." So I was drinking a Budweiser every night. I was <laughs> drinking, you know, all these little protein shakes and eating peanut uh-huh. butter and jellies, and yeah, man, it just wasn't wasn't happening for me.
1: Yeah, trust me, I, I totally understand that. So let's go ahead and jump into your first year, 2001-2002 season. You guys had a great season, finished 31-4. You got guys your team, Logan Stokes, Max Emmanuel McElroy, Field Williams, I go on and on. <clears throat> um, but what's so interesting is the first game of the season, first real game, uh, Oklahoma State, you guys lost that game, and then you went on to win 19 games in a row. I mean, just went on a tear. Do you remember that?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was, that was special, man. We, you're exactly right. We went to Oklahoma state. I think in the first half, we only scored like 14 points. And this was obviously the first game of my entire career. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, Oh, you just wait till these halftime speeches. And Mm -hmm. you just wait till Huggins comes in. You're like nothing you've ever seen before. And so we're walking in the locker room and I'm thinking, all right, I've always heard these are special scoring 14 points on national TV in the first game of the year, this is really going to be something. And, uh, and and hugs of course did not let us down, but that game, we ended up coming back in the second half, made a, made a game of it, but we did lose. And I don't know if you remember this, Meech, but Jamal Davis was one of our leaders Mm -hmm. and an awesome dude. Um, it's a great, great guy, great player. Um, and I forget exactly what it was, but after that game he had quit. He said, I've had no, you know, I'm done, I'm quitting and I thought, Oh my gosh, here I am a freshman. The team had a lot of expectations going into it and Jamal Davis is quitting after the first game. And uh you know, I think he may have set out a game or not a game, but like a practice or two. And then he came back and you're right, we just uh something about that game I think inspired everybody to c- come together a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we just went on a rampage, and um that my freshman year was one of the most special years because it started off with that loss. you know the the team handled that adversity and and I tell everybody to the day you when, when bad things happen, you one of two things you can respond with, either fold or fight back and come harder and Huggins wasn't going to allow us to fold, and we were fortunate to have some seniors like Steve Logan and Jamal Davis that. Uh, you know we're, we're fighters in themselves, and uh, we went on a little roll that year and ended up getting the third number one seed in the tournament. And unfortunately, got upset and I think it was double overtime to UCLA. Yeah,
3: man. Um,
2: which you know, it's kind of like the year Kenyon broke his leg, right? You just never know what may have happened, but mm-hmm. I, I think that team was pretty special and had a lot of a lot of potential to, to make a little run.
1: Yep.
2: And, and so how was that,
1: you know, being, okay, one, this is your first year of high level division one college basketball. You're on a team that has excellent players. You guys are 31 and four. I mean, how was that your first year, you know, as a walk on and like in the past, John, you've been playing a lot in high school and you're not getting nearly those minutes. <clears throat> what was that like?
2: Yeah, so I think through the you know I, I got there the summer before my freshman year to start working out with the team and doing open gyms and stuff, and I realized right away, especially my freshman year, there wasn't going to be a lot of minutes to be had. You know, they just brought in Teron Barker and Steve Logan was coming back, and Field Williams was there. Yeah, guys like Emmanuel McElroy. So the guard position was pretty deep. Uh-huh. So my whole intention my freshman year was just to earn everybody's respect, right? Because as you know, you come in as a walk-on. <laughs> Every, there there are different kinds of walk-ons, I always think, You know, there's there's ones that are just kind of on the team. Yep. To be on the team, they have some type of kinesis. And there's ones that are on the team that, you know, got some skill and can actually contribute, whether it be in practice or elsewhere. And I wanted those guys to know right away. I wasn't there just to keep up the team GPA and you know, pass right. out water bottles, yeah. right? Right, right. So, uh, so I went in there. I busted it every day, and it, it wasn't too hard. Not getting the minutes early on, because again, when you go in as a walk-on, particularly your freshman year, you got certain expectations that have to be realistic. But um, you know, it was the hardest year of my life, honestly. And the you mentioned it earlier. I tell people the same thing. Fr- freshman year, you just don't know what you're getting into, right? You're you're going into a whole new world. You we always thought we had a tough high school basketball coach because he was kind of yelling and screamer.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: hugs made that guy seem like Mickey Mouse, you know, it was like right. a whole nother level of intensity, um the commitment, the time, everything about your freshman year is just so new to you. And I, I mentioned it earlier, but you know, there's guys like Jamal Davis and Rodney Crawford who's now an assistant at UC mm-hmm. that really, really helped me my freshman year. And I don't think I could have gotten through it if it weren't four of those guys because they would be the ones sitting there kind of putting their arm around your shoulder saying, hey, freshman year's tough. You know, yep. you'll get through this. We've all been through it. And, you know, I'm grateful for those guys. And, honestly, that's kind of what builds the bond of teams is going through the highs and lows together.
1: And it's it's amazing how the difference between your first year and second year – just your mentality going into it, you feel a little bit more comfortable. And, and something, you're only a sophomore, you know, your second year, but you, but you still feel more comfortable, right?
2: Yep. No, you're exactly right. I mean, I think a lot of it is you've been through it and you kind of know what to expect your second year. It's that, Every practice, all four years, whether it was the day before a game or the day before March Madness, you name it, it was three-hour long practices. hmm Freshman year, I remember going over to Corey Brin or, you know, some of the guys on the side in the middle of practice and say, hey, how much time we got left? And they'd be like, dude, we still got two hours. And I'd be like, holy cow. Um, um, did you guys have when
1: you played, I, I can't remember if they had taken this down, but the, they used to have that big clock in the corner when I played. So they didn't have that big clock so you could see what time it was?
2: Yeah. I don't remember that.
1: Oh, they must have taken it down at that point because it did come down. John, it was the worst because we thought we had been at practice. You know, practice starts at 3, it goes 3 to 6. Anybody yep. that plays for Hugs knows that. And we felt like we had been there for, like, two hours, and we look at the clock, and it's like 325. And it's like, you <laughs> got to be kidding me. <laughs> exactly. you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking about.
2: Yep. And to your point, the difference between freshman and sophomore year, or, you know, your first and second year is freshman year, you'd look at that clock, and it'd only be 330. By your second year, you know, you look up there and there's only an hour left. So it it definitely easier is not a great word because there was nothing easy about it, but there's just something different once you got that first year under your belt.
1: Yep. No, for sure. And you guys, I mean, the expectations for that particular team were extremely high in 2002, 2003. You brought back a lot of guys. You're starting to add guys Armin, Hicks, Chad Moore. Um, I personally thought you guys were, were loaded that season, but only finished 17 and 12.
2: Yeah, I, you know, that was the year um, after Logan had left. We we lost a lot of good seniors that I've mentioned before. You know, Logan, obviously a runner-up for player of the year, and Emmanuel McElroy I think, was defensive player of the year. We had guys like Donald Little and um, B.J. Grove there and – so, so we had lost a lot of players, but we did have some talent coming back, and that was Lenny Stokes' senior year that you're you're referring to. Um, yes. And you know, Lenny Lenny did a good job leading that that team as best he could. But I think, see, I think going into it, it was kind of not a rebuilding year. But um, see, I didn't feel like expectations were quite as high as the year before because we had lost Logan and lost McElroy. And, mm-hmm. And little, so, um, but nonetheless, that, that was a, a good year, and it was another year where um, the team had to come together, and we we just gotten James White, who sat out that year, but he was helping us out in practice, and right, you know, I mean, Kirkland was a freshman, very talented. Eric Hicks was a freshman, very talented, and um, Tony Bobbitt, I think, had just came in, who could yep. shoot from all over the court. So there was a lot of studs on that team, but I think a lot of them were in that first year that we just talked about. And just kind of getting their feet wet with with the new system.
1: Mm-hmm. You guys lost to Gonzaga the first round that year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that and was the... You a... call. Ooh.
2: That was Those... the, That was the infamous Chuck Machock game where he got thrown out for yelling at the rest. Ah, That's
1: right. That's right. I totally forgot that was that game.
2: Yeah, so, um, man, you talk about... A wild story, and I know you're familiar with it, but I'll never forget sitting on the bench against Gonzaga and Huggins had already gotten thrown out, and a couple minutes later you hear the fans roaring, I'm thinking, what in the world are they roaring about? I just see Chuck getting carried out. (laughs) He was a character, man. He's another one of those guys that you talk about the Bearcat family. uh, I know for sure though he wasn't a player like Jamal Davis and those guys, Chuck would take me to the side and was always encouraging and a great, great man.
1: Yeah, no no doubt. And it was obviously sad to uh, see him pass away, but I thought they, they did a great job at the university and other people did a great job kind of honoring him and uh, making sure everybody understood how important he was to the, to the Bearcat family. Because sometimes when – I don't think people understand the value that someone like a Chuck Mayshuck may bring to a program, even though, like you said, he's not a Jamal Davis, he's not a player – but he he brings you know a lot of value and i think fans and everyone really saw that um unfortunately after he had uh, passed away
2: yeah yeah no i mean even when i was playing i would i never got to hear hugs interviews with him after the games but um oh, i mean man. people would tell me all the time oh you you should be you, you should want to hear these uh, interviews cuz as soon as the game's over yeah, you know, Brandon does it now. They go and they talk to WLW and and Horde and Nelson, but back in the day they said it was just classic listening to Hugs and Chuck.
1: Yeah, I, I remember one game, um they were doing their post game thing and I'm listening in my car. Game's over, I in my car driving and first comes out and you guys might have won by like forty. So just something ridiculous. And Chuck's like, uh, Hugs, great night tonight. You guys won by forty. Got a lot of guys in. Hugs goes. Chuck, we're we're just not very good right now. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's, he
2: always would start with, "Is like, oh my god, you just won by 40. <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted us to outrebound him by like twelve, and we only outrebounded by ten. So. <laughs> and that's yep. you know that's that's what made Hugs great, right? He Expected the best and held you to it. So, yep, no doubt. And so that going
1: into your, uh, your your junior year, two thousand three, two thousand four. Um, that season started off really, really good. Thirteen and zero to start the season.
2: Yeah. So that year, my junior year, was a, a fun year. We just brought in Robert Whaley, who <laughs> to this day I would say skill-wise, was one of the most skilled players I'd ever seen. I don't know what he was, probably 6'10", 6'11", could shoot. Um, I'll never forget, because in high school, I remember hearing about Whaley, Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: when he decided to transfer over to UC, his very first open gym, he got the rebound, and literally, I'm not exaggerating, it was like the first play of the open gym, got the rebound, takes it all the way, about half court, did a little hesitation cross on somebody. Then he spun around and went up and dunked the two hands. And I thought, holy cow, this dude is as advertised. Right. And, um, I mean, he was just a great player. And uh, so he was a good addition. And then we had, obviously, Max Seal was a junior by that point and was starting to be the long arm of the law, as they called him in the Devereux League. uh mm-hmm. Dominating down low with with Whaley, Hicks was a sophomore. So, like we talked about earlier, um, he had that first year under his belt. He, uh, you know, he was a caged animal, man. Hicks was one of those guys that maybe one of my favorites I ever played with because when hugs would get on people, and he he got on everybody the same. Some people you would see kind of wilt. Other kids would come out just ready to tear somebody's head off, and that was Hicks. I mean. He, uh-huh he had that little hidden monster inside of him, and there was a, uh, it, it was it was cool to watch hugs and his interaction with each other, because uh, they definitely brought out the best, and Hicks, uh, his second year really started to make a mark on the program, um, but then we had Tony Bobbitt, you know, like I said before, Tony was was who I used to guard and practice every day, and, oh man, and, uh, <laughs> you know, he could shoot from all over, and as you know, I mean, he had more energy than anybody I've ever seen in my life,
3: on and off the court.
2: And uh, that was just a really fun team because there's a lot of a lot of good personalities, there's some good leadership, um, and you know, it, it was one of the more fun years we had.
1: Yeah, you guys, I
2: um, think guys ended up losing to uh,
1: Illinois that year yep. in NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, that was the year. You know, they had. Little D, uh, little Darren Williams, and yep. then uh, D Brown was actually the the big he name was, in college.
1: He was tough. He,
2: he was, was tough. man. And, you know, it's kind of funny because when you look at the this shows the difference between college and NBA, right? I mean, Williams went on to have an unbelievable co- NBA yep. career, and D Williams yep. was I don't know if he was player of the year in college, but he was right up there in the first team All American ballots, and uh, that that team was was good. I think we played them. It was either that year, or the year before, in a tournament out in Vegas, and uh, so Illinois kind of had our number, unfortunately. But but nonetheless, it was a it was a fun year. And and
1: leading, you know, after that game, you're you're now getting ready to go into your senior year last year, and um,
3: <clears throat>
1: and I have to ask this question because a lot of the former players that I've talked to, um, almost every single one of them say at some point during their career they wanted to quit and you know I interviewed Tony Bobbitt and as we all know he's quite the personality and um, he talked about the time that he quit Um, I think you know he sat out the game versus Louisville or whatever it was and um, and he, he made a comment to me oh man everybody at some point you know wants to quit now going into your senior year was there any point prior to this, that you were like, you know what, I don't know, this is all worth it?
3: Mm.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's 100% right. Everybody at some point has made that comment, and by my senior year, I was all in, but my freshman year, I mean, there were all kinds of moments from from when Thanksgiving, we had a 5 a.m. practice, so we could all have our Thanksgiving with our families or to ourselves, mm-hmm. and then we got kicked out at 7 a.m. two hours into it because we <laughs> weren't trying hard enough. And he wanted us back there at noon, so <laughs> yeah. You know, there were multiple times my freshman year, and actually, um, this is a true story. My, my right after my freshman year, um I went in to talk to Hugs about quitting and just you know telling him, "Hey, I appreciate the opportunity to play this year and everything you you did for me," but you know I was going to look to either just be a student at UC or just transfer to another school and just Mm -hmm. be a student. And, um, I I literally, I think I was kind of basketballed out to be honest and, Mm -hmm. uh, hugs wasn't in there. So I went over to coach Pete's office because coach Pete was a, a great mentor of mine as well. And he really took me under his wing and, um, got me through some tough times at UC. And so I went to talk to coach Pete and he wasn't in there. So I thought, Oh man, you know, I was literally—I I had talked to my family. I talked to everybody. I was 100% gonna just quit and move on. And uh, Hugs was in his office. Pete was in his office. And I thought, shoot, you know what? I'll just come back tomorrow. And uh, the next day, I went to the weight room, and for whatever reason, it just felt different the next day. And ended up never, never even having the conversation. And I, you know, I think that was a god thing because that whole opportunity and experience that you see was, when I look back on it a great blessing in my life
1: oh no doubt and going into your senior year john you you've now kind of you've gained that momentum you are that rock star um that victory cigar as you said um the whole waving the towel um you know you're 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 living it up at this point i mean probably a rock star on campus right
3: (laughs) i don't
2: know about that but uh (laughs) you know it, it was uh yeah it was by my senior year I think like I said I was all in, you know, we had I put in three years, I kind of knew my, my role and um you know I appreciated where I was and um you know I, I just wanted to go in there my senior year and give it everything I had because I I didn't think I would be a, a big minutes guy in my, my senior year. But I was hoping, you know, five, six minutes which um didn't happen because, again, we, we had some – Jihad Muhammad had just came in and Chad mm-hmm. Moore was still there. And uh, my boy Jamal Lucas, who was another walk-on my freshman year, um, mm-hmm. he had really worked hard and earned the minutes that he got. So I think my expectations were kind of set on what it was. But the funniest thing about my senior year was, you know, my my freshman year, sophomore year, and junior year, I'd get in the game and I'd try and pass the ball around because – I'd be trying to get my, my legs under me and just warm up a little bit. And so my first three years, I I didn't shoot it quite as much as Hugs would like, and the game would be over, and I'm sure he had the same talk with you, Meach, but he'd pull me aside and say, Meeker, I put you in the game to shoot the ball. The fans want you to shoot it. Shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd almost get mad when I'd pass it.
3: So senior yep. year, I'm like, all
2: right, I'm going to just come out guns a-blazing and shoot it every time, and I think the first couple games, might have just been the first one. I I miss like two or three shots. Hugs comes over, pass the ball, Meeker. Get your feet underneath me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hugs. I can't. Oh, you know, God, you God. couldn't God. make him happy, man. But uh, <laughs> he was always good to me, and he always did, uh, you know, encourage me to shoot. But it was just funny when I miss it. He uh, he'd remind me. Oh yeah, I I, I had that same
1: situation happen. I think I passed it a couple times and. He said to me, "So these people didn't come here to see you pass.
3: <laughs> yep,
1: they came here to see you score. So, and I'll I tell you a funny story real quick. um We're playing at DePaul, and we are beating DePaul. It was, I mean, it was cold, like a lot of snow in the ground. DePaul was bad. Nobody's there." So we're up on the ball, we're beating them by a lot, and and you know how it is, Hugs is just like looking for something to yell at us about, not letting us settle, right? So um, I get in the game, and Reuben Patterson is still in the game, and he hadn't taken him out yet. And Reuben Patterson gets like a big-time rebound, I mean, he works his butt off to get this rebound. Outlets it to me. I dribble up the court. Reuben sprints all the way down, comes and sets a ball screen for me. I mean, this dude is working his ass off. Sets a ball screen for me. I come off the ball screen. I'm wide open, and I pass it. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, Reuben Patterson ripped me from there all the way to the huddle during a timeout. And he said he was going to beat my ass if I didn't shoot the ball
3: <laughs>
1: and I knew and that was the early part of my career I knew right then John I was like I am shooting it every time I yeah. get in the game you know what I mean like you you, yeah. just, you just have to you have to have that
2: mentality yep no and, and you know that's the cool thing is it's not just the fans or hugs I mean your, your teammates are right there wanting you to shoot it they want you to score and you know they see you're putting in just as much time and effort as they are and they want to see you get a little bit of the limelight too, so that's that's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I I,
1: I didn't want Ruben Patterson to butt my ass. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna start firing this up now. Uh, so back to your senior year, um, you know, you've you've got your mojo working. Um, you guys once again start off great, 11 and 0. Finished the regular season pretty strong. But the, the kind of the big thing with that season was going into the NCAA tournament, tournament the opportunity to play UK. Yeah. Uh, from a Bearcat standpoint, like, everybody wanted that. And it happens. Um, talk a little bit about, like, the energy surrounding that. Now, as I look back, that's still, to me, one of the – biggest games i think i've ever been to just as far as like energy at the start of the game so take us back to that
2: yeah man that was uh that was a special day and and i don't know if it's still a record but at the time it was the highest attended second round game in the ncaa tournament history it was over at um well i think it was the rca dome or where it was at the time in indianapolis Mm -hmm. and um the place was packed. I don't remember the exact number, but it was, I want to say, close to like 60,000 people in the stands. That's crazy. And, um, you know, it, it was fun from my perspective to sit on the bench and look around. You got Kenyon had come back. Nick LaShea was the big 98 degree star at the time, and all the ladies <laughs> loved him. And he's sitting there in the session with all the Bearcats gear. And, uh, you know, the other team had Ray Rondo and a couple of future NBA guys. And
3: Uh huh. Um,
2: yeah, the atmosphere was, was electric. It was the way they had that set up, they had put the basketball court in the end zone of the the football field mm-hmm. and the locker rooms were on the complete opposite side. So um they brought in these portable bleachers that kind of butt up into the end zone. And I swear and I I'm thinking that I didn't have to play because I was winded by the time we got to the court from our locker room because <laughs> we had to run basically the whole hundred yards just to get over to the court. Oh um, man, that's crazy! Before the game and the halftime, and um, yeah, halftime we had a we had a lead on the guy on on Kentucky, and things looked pretty good. But um, we weren't very deep that year, and I think we kind of ran out of steam towards the end. And unfortunately, Kentucky ended up on top. But that was that was definitely a special. Special game and, you know, obviously being the last one of my career, one that I'll remember forever. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And looking back, you mentioned your
1: career. Looking back on your career, I mean, how do you kind of, looking at it, how do you uh, wrap your career up? Like what do you what do you think about it? Was it everything you wanted it to be? Was it things that you wish would have went differently?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, when, overall, when I look back on it, I just think what a blessing it was, and um, I tell people all the time, it was the most fun four years of my life, but it was by far the hardest four years of my life, <laughs> yep. and, and you can attest to, I mean, everybody sees the Jordans, which back in the day was pretty exclusive to UC and only a couple of schools, now it's kind of everywhere, but back then, you know, we got the Jordans, we were on ESPN pretty much every game, playing teams like, like I said earlier, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, you know, these guys that are future NBA All-Stars, and it yep. looks like you're living the dream, and you know, in in the world view, it, it kind of you kind of are, right? But yep. they don't see those five a.m. practices. People don't see the the late night study tables or the, <laughs> the three hour practices that you get kicked out of and have to come back later and all the weight room hours. I mean, it it's a lot, a lot of work. But like anything in life, you know, if you want if you want to have something special, you got to work hard for yeah. it. I learned just so much in those four years that uh that Hugs taught me and the teammates taught me and made some awesome relationships with people in this city that, you know, to this day I still keep in touch with, much like yourself. Um, yep. and so, you know, that's when I look back on my career, those are things I think of. I mean, do I think about freshman year and wishing we could have beat U C L A and made a run? Yeah. You know, but at the same time, the fact that we worked hard and got, got that number one seed and, um, you know, it just wasn't the way it was meant to be, but it was uh, an awesome four years. There were some real real good highs, you know, some lows, but you fight through those lows and, and end up uh, having positive things to think about. Yeah, no doubt.
1: And I, and I always tell you this, and I always say that, you know, John Meeker, when people ask me, I said he's the greatest walk-on in, in UC history. I think Brandon Miller was probably the most talented walk-on of us all. If you look at it with his size, I mean, dude was like all-state soccer player, could run, dunk, do a lot of stuff. Yeah, But I think one thing about being a walk-on is <clears> – <throat> Taking your personality and um, letting that be in the forefront and kind of like, and I heard this one time, I was talking to another walk on, and he said to me, I never will forget this, he said that he hated when the crowd chanted his name to get in the game. He said it was embarrassing. He felt like uh, he was like, you know, the worst player on the team. And I never looked at it like that. That that wasn't, you know, my personality, and I feel like you embraced that whole experience and, you know, the waving the towel, and you always had a smile on your face when you checked in, and, you know, you scored. You did a lot of those things that kind of, you kind of brought everything together because prior to you and when I was a walk-on to the time you got there, like, hugs, I don't think, knew what to do with me as far as, like, the walk-ons before me played. Like, Steve Sanders, he played. Uh, Jerome Gray was like 6'5". He was a scholarship athlete at Miami. He could play. Me, it was like, okay, what do I do with this dude? By (laughs) the time time he came around with you, I think he said, okay, I know, you know, I know how this operates. And you took full advantage of it, man. And um, definitely my hat's off to you. I I, I tell you that all the time, greatest walk on in Bearcat history.
2: Oh, I appreciate that, man. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's – I just to give you some kudos back i mean i I'll never forget when I was in high school considering the opportunity. Mick gave me your book and I read your book and uh yeah. you know i was it, it obviously meant a lot to me and it and it shared you know the kind of person that you were and and then I want to say it's probably within my first month of being there you you came up and proactively introduced yourself to me and um you know, you know we're always there to to be a ear to listen to when I got some issues going on or when I was going through something as a player that, yep. uh, you know, you'd been there, you'd experienced it. And uh, so I, I appreciate all you did for me during that time and even after, after my career. But, um, you know, yeah, I I tried to just relish the opportunity and, and to your point, you know, I even in life to this day, I like to just smile, have fun, and um, bring out the best of not just myself, but other people. And, um, I was grateful that I had those four years at u c to be able to to hopefully make it a fun experience for the the fans and then also you know make the teammates better while I was at practice.
1: yeah, no question now, I have to tell this story, and I have to clear the air on this story, and you're gonna you're gonna very, very shortly know where I'm born with this <laughs> all right, you and I used to play pick ball against each other. After mm-hmm. our time at UC, <laughs> said, mm-hmm.
2: I know where we're going, yep. <laughs> we're, I felt bruised we're, on my back, buddy.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we would play at Mercy Health Plex in Anderson, and we'd play pickup ball. Uh, Denny Blay would organize a bunch of guys, and, and we would play. And You and I, are, you and I are usually were always on opposite teams. They would never put us on the same team. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And we did spend a lot of time, you know, guarding each other, this and that and i had a guy on my team um actually he was on he was on your team and he frustrated me a lot and he was really really fouling me and just i had to take it out on somebody do you remember you, you now I'll let you take the part the rest of the story you remember the play oh
2: i don't remember all the specifics but i do remember uh you taking some frustration out and me being on the the brunt end of it and uh you know you you and I we always have it even then we were we were all good, but my game was always speed quickness get around people you you kind of had a little more of the the guns and the 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 yep. strength to push people around, which I did not and uh the the strength outdid the the quickness that day and i I just remember being on my back thinking dang me just fired up well phil had phil had like he like fouled me
1: it was a couple cheap shots and it carried over and you were flying down the court and i didn't want you to score and i i just had visions of phil and i slammed you to the ground (laughs) oh yeah
2: no there's no hard feelings man we the fact that we all got out of there without any injuries not from either you or I, but from the other guys on the court it was a, a miracle.
1: <laughs> it was, I'll never forget your face. You
3: were like, "What the hell, dude?" <laughs> oh yeah,
2: I was like, that's hilarious, guys, man. man. No, that was that was a good time. I uh, I definitely remember thinking, "Wow,
1: Meach, <laughs>
2: what did I do?" <laughs>
1: it was those old Bearcat days coming out, man. I had those that's flashbacks right. of Kenyon Martin.
3: Yeah, oh, um, yeah. So
1: at the end of the podcast, I always do quick questions, quick answers. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, quick questions, quick answers with John Meeker. Question number one, if
2: you could be a
1: singer, okay, you didn't play basketball, you didn't do what you're doing now, and you could be like a famous singer, hold concerts, people, what singer would you be?
2: Ooh, I'd have to go with probably one of your favorites, too, Eric Church. I know you love that country music. Right? I don't even know who Eric Church. Is.
3: <laughs> I went to oh, Eric
2: Church concert last year. Man, he he blew the roof off. And he just looked like he's having a good time. So I'd say Eric Church.
1: That's that's your guy. I'm actually gonna have to look him up and and listen to his music. I have no idea who that is.
2: So it's right up your alley, buddy. You'll love it.
1: <laughs> All right, if you could go to battle with one teammate, you were going in the battle, and you had one teammate go with you during your Bearcat time. Who was that one player?
2: Jason Maxiel. He uh he and I came in together and you know, I always call him kind of the silent assassin man. He mm. he didn't have a whole lot of uh flair to his game or even to his personality, but he would uh give everything he had every single day and he was um you know, he brought the best out of everybody and and uh would give the shirt off his back for anybody. So I I'd have to say Jason Maxiel.
1: Excellent choice.
2: <clears throat> All right, third question. Your favorite Air Jordan sneaker when you
1: played? Ooh.
2: So I don't know them by numbers like you do, mm-hmm. um, but I would say my favorite ones from a, a looking perspective were those patent leather white and black ones
3: mm-hmm. that
2: they brought back for us one year. They didn't look great on me, but I like to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never wa- so that's kind of funny because I never actually wore them because I thought I looked ridiculous in them. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked sweet. Um, and those are probably my all-time favorite Jays.
1: Now you know I haven't played. Gosh, probably in almost eleven years I haven't played basketball. Oh yeah, the knees
2: are yeah,
3: so just.
1: I think I hit the point where it was like, you know what? I've done this. I got to move on to something different. Like, I just feel like I hit an expiration date with it. And I think, like I always say, playing for Coach Huggins, and this is no offense to Coach Huggins, but just Coach Huggins in high-level D1 basketball, it's like dog years. Like, if you play, like, John, you played four years. Like, really, that's like eight years of your life. (laughs) Am I right or wrong? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's It's a lot of work. It it ages you in, in, in certain ways, and, I just think I just had had enough at some point, And I said, you know, I'm, uh, and you know how it is, man. I, I'd go to, and you, you had the same experience. I know you did to where like you're a walk on. So people on the outside looking in think you're not very good. So if you show up to a gym, it's like, oh yeah, cool. He played for UC, but he doesn't get in. So he's not very good. And I always felt like I had to prove myself at like random open gyms or, rec leagues and people would go at me and that's why i was just like you know what I've, I've hit that expiration date
2: yeah no you're right That that is one hard thing i still love to play i mean it's going out and shooting hoops and just putting the ball in your hands and dribbling i mean it makes you like a kid again and um i don't play you know get up and down like i used to mm-hmm. um partially because now my kids are all in sports and i'm spending all my time you know, helping them and coaching them. But um, looking back the last couple of years, though, when I would play, you're exactly right. Even if you were the walk-on like you and I were, you go into a gym, people have a target on your back, and they, they think, okay, I'm going to outdo this guy or I'm going to try and do that. And, yep, I, uh, you know, I just always found it funny because I, I relished that early on when I got out of school in my 20s, and I thought, all right, perfect, because I would love to hear somebody talk smack or say something and then go out there and put yeah. kind of them up, if you will. Um, as I got older, you know, there's a when you're only playing once a month versus every single day, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard when when you and I that have played have that little target on your back, only be playing every so often and want to just get up and get down and, and play and not... Yeah, my whole goal in playing right now is just to get up and down and not get hurt. But, <laughs> not get but, thrown on your back. But it's just who we are It's in our mindset. Once you get out there, even though mm-hmm. that's your intention, somebody says something, somebody does something, and all of a sudden you get that hugs in your ear going, you know what I'm talking to you like that? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, and you start pushing yourself beyond what you're probably capable of doing at 37, 38 years old now. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, mean, I, I love to play, but... I don't get up and down much anymore.
1: No, no. i let it go, man. Try some other stuff. I'm going to learn how to play the piano here.
2: Oh, there you go. You got some time with the quarantine, you <laughs> <though>. know? <laughs> That's what I mean.
1: I got time to do that. So, But, hey, listen, man. Um, not only were you a great walk-on, um, you're still a great ambassador for the program. Um, I know you still go to the games, still support the program, and a lot of fans out there. Um, I think they love that about you. And I'll tell you, I was tweeting about um, you know, the schedule of who's gonna be on the podcast and you know, I tweeted that you would be on there and, and a lot of people had responses of wanting to hear you and hear your story and hear your journey. And there were some things in your journey I didn't know about that I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear, man. So appreciate you uh sharing your story and then we gotta get you on again, man. We gotta do something during the let's do something during the basketball season. We'll kind of analyze the Bearcats. Have you on. Yeah.
2: No, that sounds great, man. I appreciate you having me, and I, I truly appreciate all you've done for me, both during my time at UC and, and afterwards. It's, uh, you know, you're a great friend, a great Thank person, you, uh, not only to me but to a lot of folks. And um, I know what you do for UC is, uh, is awesome, man. so keep it up. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. All right. All right. Sounds good, Mish. Thanks, bud. All right.
1: Thanks,
0: John. See you. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat at BigMeach41 and soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go bear